Hey, welcome to Media Swap. I'm Kiefer. And I'm TJ, and we really need a theme song. <laughs> so the concept behind Media Swap is that I have a, a collection of physical media, mainly vinyl records. Mother-in-law has got a collection of physical media movies, mainly Blu-rays, and now we're moving into 4Ks and the new stuff. But between us, we uh, we got pretty large collections, and uh, we're pretty dedicated collectors. And so the concept behind Media Swap is I bring a record, he brings a movie, we watch them, and then just talk about them. And we try to draw a thematic string between the two of them. Yeah, I'm not sure if we'll always have a theme, but we've been pretty good so far. It's been pretty consistent. Um, and, and we like to try to do something that the other hasn't heard or seen. I mean, it's probably not going to always happen, but mm -hmm. it's, it makes it a little bit more interesting. So, yeah, uh, why don't we get started first with your record this week? Yeah, so this record is a pretty recent purchase for me. It's actually uh, of a band that I hadn't really listened to much, but as soon as I heard this record, I knew I needed it, and uh, since I've gotten this one, I've now got three vinyls of that, that particular band, and it's the, the Stooges, uh, Iggy Pop and the Stooges. So this record is the first one I got of theirs, is their second LP, Funhouse, and um, I'm just super into it, and uh, I've really gotten into the band and it's kind of started with me listening to another podcast called no dogs in space where they do deep dives into certain bands and they and they go through their whole story so they really went through and uh really delved deep into the entire career of the stooges so i thought that was really cool to hear and kind of given me giving me a lot of information plus i've read a couple books on music and stuff, so I, I picked up other information from there. Um, so I had you listen to it one time before I brought the record over, and um, <clears throat> upon your first listen, you actually recognized at least one of the songs, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm a big Rage Against the Machine fan, so I noticed they had a, an album that was all covers, and so that's where I recognized um, Down down the Street or Down on the Street? Down on the Street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I mean, I, I think I, even though I love Rage Against the Machine, I think I like the original version better, because it just, obviously it's more fitting, because it was their song, mm -hmm. but, um, and then, yeah, I didn't recognize um, the song, the, the track TVI necessarily, but I thought that the, like, the um, guitar chords at the beginning sounded familiar, did I say that right, is it chords? Sure, chord progression <laughs> or something. Yeah, well anyways, it. that sounded familiar, and I ended up putting it together, and also I looked up online just to make sure, and, and it confirmed it, that it's, um, uh... Like a sample or an inspiration? Yeah, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it, because it's not yeah. really a cover, and it's not really a sample, but, like, Tom Morello with Rage Against the Machine, um, has a very similar, it's almost like he, like, replicated it, or it was inspired by mm -hmm. that, um, uh, it's, Chord uh... progression, what, what song is it? I believe it's Sleep Me on the Fire. I'm trying to play it in my head. It's I'm pretty sure it's Sleep Me on the Fire. I'll play it, and yeah. you can like hear the beginning part of it. It's very similar to... Um... And TVI is definitely one of the best songs on Funhouse. It's, it's really good. I know you like that one as well. Yeah, I'm not trying to get like hit with a copyright, but I doubt there's anyone important listening to this, but I think this is it right here. See? Oh, definitely. I hear it. But then... See, it picks up differently, but that beginning part is definitely, like, 
Mm-hmm. It's got to be heavily inspired at, at Max. But... And I know Rage Against the Machine is probably amongst a long list of other bands that were inspired by the Stooges and the sound that they, they got. Um, but at first, the Stooges weren't really much of a commercial hit, as you'll see with a lot of the type of music that was played throughout the 70s, uh, particularly I'm talking about punk rock music and eventually hardcore and all that stuff that never really gained much commercial success, but the Stooges in particular ended up getting a pretty big cult following throughout the 70s, and um, so from what I'm talking about with like inspiration, uh, I think it's safe to say that they definitely inspired almost the entirety of the punk rock music movement, and um, so you'll, you'll see a lot of that with the bands in the 70s. I mean, their influence goes even into film, like I was telling Kiefer that... Um... There's a, a well-known director in the movie world named Jim, and I want to say I'm pronouncing his last name right, Jim Jarmusch. It's, it's, if I'm not, it's whatever. I doubt mm-hmm. anyone's going to be writing in to complain, but mm-hmm. um, he uh, he's a big fan of Iggy Pop and uh, the Stooges, and he actually made a... I haven't seen it, but he made a documentary about the Stooges and like their run, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. That's something you might want to check out, but I'm not usually a, typically a fan of his movies, but um, after listening to the album, I might want to go check out the doc because usually a documentary is probably easier mm-hmm. easier to follow along. And I I don't think he can really incorporate his style into a doc really because it's a documentary. But yeah, um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean that's I mean when whenever you see an artist get a movie made about them, you know they they've beyond made it like yeah. So. But we watched the one Jim Jarmusch movie. What was it called? Oh, The Dead Don't Die. Dead Don't Die. It came out like last year. And Iggy Pop was a zombie in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it was and cool to see him. That's honestly like before you showed me this album. That's all I really knew of Iggy Pop was like I saw Acting. him in like small roles in movies uh-huh. and I knew he was a rock star, but I didn't. I wasn't familiar with his music at all. I just yeah. knew he was a rock star in the past. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool to put those together. Yeah, and he was a big inspiration to David Bowie. Um, I, could I know see they don't really sound necessarily the same, especially with his work in the Stooges. But they ended up working together once Iggy Pop went solo, and uh, uh, David Bowie went and on to produce a couple of Iggy solo records. And uh, I could see like they kind of look like kind of look similar, have a similar style type mm-hmm. thing. Like maybe that's I don't know. But of... I mean, there might be a point of contention that David Bowie was a lot more successful at, at it, at music and everything, so Iggy Pop just never really played by the pop rules, and he <laughs> kind of didn't, yeah, he didn't really compromise with his sound. Um, they're definitely one of those bands that uh, drugs really took a huge hold on them, and uh, it ended up being pretty bad for just getting good music output. And I think by the time that what they went in to do their third album, Iggy Pop just wasn't there, and he was like trying to produce and record the album, and he really made a lot of mistakes along the way. I think Raw Power is great, but it's just those mistakes made in the recording that kind of compromised the sound of the record, whereas Funhouse was kind of put together a little bit more professionally. Did when, So they, they broke up after that third album? Yeah. And like... When Iggy Pop did his solo stuff, he didn't work with anyone, any of the band members. Like it was like he he had a new band, or he might have worked with them a little bit. I wasn't 100% sure. Oh, okay, I was just curious. Um, what's your favorite track on the album? Um, I think right now, Dirt might be my favorite one. It's kind of slow, and uh, you'll you'll pick up a lot of the the blues influences that really brought that really inspired Iggy, especially on that track. 
I think he once described his music as like just him trying to do his interpretation of blues music. Um, so I, I really like blues rock. So <clears throat> Dirt's my favorite on the record, but I think TBI is great. It might be my second favorite. I think it's. I think someone like me who hasn't heard the album and it's like our first couple times listening to it, that mm. one just sticks out. Like I mean, I'm sure if I listen to the album as much as you have, mm-hmm. I may have a different favorite, but that's just. I think it's the most like catchy and like I don't know if they've released anything as far as singles off of this but it seems like one that would be a single mm-hmm. I know the label wanted to release down on the street as a single so it wasn't though I don't remember which one was a single did they have mainstream success not until later it was like a cult following thing yeah later? basically okay. that's unfortunate mm-hmm. and they, they were in Detroit uh, around the 70s, so a lot of their music was kind of inspired by just being like the wa- like the washout kind of Detroit that I was talking about on the on one of our older episodes, 1999 Detroit. Yeah, go check it out. Um, I talked about how like the the decline of the motor industry and just like increased poverty in Detroit kind of like left a lot of people kind of washed out, and the I think these guys. Kind of felt like they didn't really have a future anymore, and they're kind of leave, left out of the loop culturally and um, um, financially. So I think that brings a lot of like these common feelings of like anger and feeling like a misfit, and that's kind of why their music really touched a lot of people and ended up being kind of like the a lot of the main themes of punk rock music and uh so i was talking about like bands in the 70s like they didn't have a lot to listen to so like when you're forming a band you're like you listen to the stooges let's form a band like that's just kind of how it happened a lot of the time or the velvet underground was another one that a lot of people really connected on because there wasn't a lot out yet that was like this so i think that's about all I have to say about the Stooges. I think they're really good. And uh, I've got another Iggy album on vinyl. I've got his second solo record. So if, like, a listener wanted to get into the Stooges, like, you would, would you recommend them starting out with Funhouse? Or should they go back early? I would recommend them start out with Funhouse. Funhouse I think it's okay. more cohesive than their first record. Okay. Um, so it's a good way to... It's like a good entry point for um, someone who wants to try the Stooges. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I would start out with Funhouse and then maybe move back to the first one. I mean, most people like Raw Power. I, and but that's I just their think third it's, album? Yeah. It's just maybe more heavy, more dirty, not as clean of a recording, so... <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Cool. No, you didn't have anything else? No, that's that's about it. Cool. Okay. Well, I guess we can move on into the movie. Like, I want. Yeah. So. So why did you pick this movie? <laughs> oh, you want me to start with that? Yeah. Okay. I want you to introduce so yourself. Well, I'm gonna introduce first. So I picked uh, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Birds. The Birds that came out in 1963. Um, I I'm kind of stretching it a little bit with the theme, but it's also kind of a it was kind of a creative way for me to pick the theme. Mm-hmm. It ain't very like like obvious between the two, the movie and the album. But uh, I kind of thought it would be cool to pick a movie that kind of went with the theme of one of the tracks on the album. 
and like I really like TVI. Mm-hmm. So I like I was kind of understand what that exactly meant, and after like looking online and stuff, and and then re-listening to the song online, it, like it tells that it's a woman who has their eye on someone they want to fuck, and it says stands for twat vibe. Is that what you have understood it? Is that yeah yeah okay? Cause like it, it says the Stooges song is about it. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, it's like I have already have like a list of movies that I kind of want to pick for the podcast and for us to watch, and like I was like, which ones can I try to like work this into yeah and i was like for some reason my mind went to the birth because i'm like you know our lead character is chasing after a guy that she's kind of like they have they definitely have sexual chemistry for oh, initially yeah, she's got a TV for yeah them. Yep. yeah i mean she get <laughs> they get themselves into all this trouble all from that like start point you yeah. know like he comes into the to the pet store and is asking for lovebirds, and she's definitely, like, there's definitely sexual chemistry between the two characters, and that leads her off to an hour and a half drive north of where they are to go and, like, give this man these lovebirds and to play a prank on him. She's a bored, socialite woman, and she's got this appetite for this man. (laughs) So I'm like, she has a TVI for this guy. So, like, I might be stretching it, but that's that's how I connected the two. What do you think? Does that work? Yeah, it works. Okay, cool. Because, like, that's how I was playing it. And I'm like, it might be stretching, but we're going to do it. So, all right, back to the movie. Um, like I said, this is uh, Alfred Hitchcock, so I'm sure everyone's familiar with him at least a little bit. He's probably one of the most well-known movie directors out there. Um, mostly he does, like, horror, thriller. Um, his, he had, like, earlier silent stuff, but I haven't delved into that because that's not really, like, my particular area you know like wasn't most of his movies in black and white he has so that's the thing like he has a a huge chunk of his filmography is black and white Mm -hmm. and silent movies but he's most well known for the later half of his career so like all the movies that people know from him are like the popular ones and like they were in color and and not um silent but yeah he has like a huge like selection like that i actually bought a I randomly bought a box set for, like, five bucks a long time ago, and, like, I was expecting stuff like Psycho and The Birds, and mm-hmm. I, I, like, put them in, and I'm just, like, I had no idea what I was getting get myself into because they were all black and white and silent, so you're right. Um, that's a huge chunk of his, like, the first half of his career is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, this is, like, one of his later ones. It came out after Psycho. So, um, he had already been, like, a, a hit success at this point. Um, the leading actress, Tippi Hedren, she's, like, most well-known for this movie. Um, beautiful actress. Like, she, this is where she started her career. Um, there was recent events came up, uh, when she wrote her autobiography a few years back that have brought, like, negative light to the movie and her and Albert, Alfred Hitchcock. Have you heard about that? I haven't heard about it's, it. It's, uh, there's, there's, she wrote a book, and in it she talked about the way he treated her, so, like, Hitchcock made, like, sexual advances at her, like, he, he brought her on in the movie, and he was, like, upset, like, they, people say he was, like, obsessed with her and really attracted to her, and he mm-hmm. had made some sexual advances, and she, like, you know, obviously she, uh, declined them and brushed him off, so there's, like, several things that had happened throughout the movie that, like, she thinks he was, like, doing against her because she didn't, um, he's like trying to mess with her yeah so like one of the, an example is um he had written the script for one scene where there was going to be fake birds on the scene and so she didn't expect there'd be real ones and she got like injured because there was real birds on the set and he like 
didn't tell her last minute. He told everybody else last minute, and so, like, she was like, I think he was trying to hurt me because I didn't, like, take on his advances. Um, and, like, he... <clears throat> He, like, signed her up for this, like, really long... I don't know all the specific details, but he signed her up for a really long contract with that studio that he worked for and had claimed, you know, he's going to make her a big star. And, like, so she was... She had so much trouble getting a lot of work after the birds initially because there was, like... She was stuck in that contract. And it just... It was really... It's really creepy and skeezy. And I think with things that have happened recently with, like, the Weinsteins and all that, like it's not really that hard to believe that that was what was going on. Yeah, I'm sure that happened a lot in Hollywood. I yeah. Mean, not just with Hitchcock. Unfortunately. Um, but uh, with the with that aside, I really like this movie a lot. Um, what I really like the most about it is, um, I think, and you've commented on this, it has really good music, and I really like the atmosphere. So, like, the two of those combined is what really draws to it. Um, I, like, I like a good atmosphere in a movie, and, like, moving was really kind of reminded me of Jaws it's like that um that uh seaside small town with like the dock and um then there's that lingering like uh suspense and tension the whole movie because like it takes an hour into the movie before anything really happens right simple I mean Jaws is kind of slow like that too but I I like it it just builds it up because you know that something's gonna happen um but with the the soundtrack there, there wasn't as much music in like the pivotal like the action scenes where the birds are attacking you're just flooded with the noises of the birds the bird sound effects you like that ideal scream and it was like just really chaotic and yeah whoa yeah i i like that um mm-hmm. because it's it's just like it like i said it builds that atmosphere that i'm talking about and then you really feel engulfed in what's going on um I think two big themes in this movie and, and you actually caught on to one during the movie and touched on it is so it's um, with, with the one that Kiefer caught on to, it's like that, with the, with the, uh, the lead male character, him living in the shadow of, like, his, his now dead father, mm-hmm. and, like, the family dynamic that he has, and then, like... Like, the, the mother's still alive. And... Yeah, and he's kind of, like, that expected to lead the family and kind of fill in the shoes of his dad, mm-hmm. and, um, and then, like, you know, the lead... Uh, female character Melanie so his name is Mitch and her name is Melanie so I'll just start referring to them as their character names but mm. um, you know she's kind of like this bored socialite woman who's kind of filling in that time with she her thing is she plays pranks on people but as we talked about before with this guy with Mitch there's like this sexual tension and like romance budding um, and so she kind of chases him out to this like I said a seaside town I believe it was like an hour and a half farther out than the city mm. um, and she kind of comes in, and then she's threatening that, like, the mom kind of has this thing against her, because she's kind of threatening that, um, that role that she wants her son to fill, and he, and, you know, she's, and he's real interested in her in return, mm-hmm. so I, it's just kind of, like, this theme of, like, these societal roles that are put on people, she's supposed to be, like, this, uh, proper, uh, socialite woman, and he's supposed to be, like, filling in as the, the man of the house, and, yeah. um, you know, she's, she's actually, like, I mean, female sexuality at the time, they weren't, like, allowed to have sex for fun. It was kind of like, you know your place. And so she was following her. 
I don't know how to put it. You know, her her TVI. She was she yeah. was, and he was not, and she he was distracting him from what his mom wanted him to do. Um, she even meets his ex girlfriend when they go there. She's that teacher. Yeah. Which I really like the teacher character a lot. Um, but that's like his ex girlfriend, and she probably fits more of the mold of what the mom would want for her son because she's she's from that small town. She's got like an established position with the city, and like. Mm would be perfect to marry that lawyer and be like the the family of the small town kind of thing and so um but yeah um i think i i honestly think you know uh hitchcock was like a master of suspense that's what he's known for um he definitely succeeded in this movie um and then like like the music and the atmosphere really set up what you're getting in this movie um my favorite one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when they're uh they're actually walking by the uh school uh playground schoolyard and it's it's silent and you just see all the birds like sitting on the playground equipment and they're like looking around and they're walking really softly and quietly to try to get past them and it's just that's like classic suspense right there like yeah or like she's outside the schoolhouse and the birds every time she looks back at the birds there's like more of them Mm mm-hmm so like that that's another one like that's when it that isn't that right i think that's right before they really start having the full-on attacks and it's just kind of like you're you're like well this is weird they're eating up the kids what are your thoughts on um them not explaining why the birds are attacking like do you like it when movies don't explain or do you i mean or are you more of like i like a backstory and to be filled in on what's going on uh i think for this i think it there's a lot of like pointing fingers at like what might be the cause like the one lady was like it's this woman's fault this, this yeah. new woman in town it's her fault she brought the birds um and then you kind of get you're given a side eye look at these love birds that she brought into the house and like is it them is it her or is it this town so i i like that it wasn't so like explained and it wasn't necessarily given to us that they got out alive or made it out of the town. They just started to leave. Yeah. So the end of the movie kind of cuts off before there was any any definite answers to that. So what you could think is that they leave and it just happens in the new town that they're at. Because either the birds that they brought with them cause it or her. Yeah. I agree. I like that it's left open like that because I think that's what what takes a movie like this more into the horror territory. A lot of times, I mean, there's 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 two different types of horror fans I know, and and there's some that they want to be spoon fed and they like to get the why of everything. They like backstories. They like to know why things are happening. And then there's others who you know they really appreciate that open endedness of it, where you can kind of decide on your own why something's happening and there's no real answer and to me i i typically lean more towards that second one because when you don't know why something's happening what who the monster is like it's that's when it's more terrifying because there's no real story behind it and you're just like what the fuck like that just happened yeah Yeah, and like you don't know why um and i mean they you see that a lot with like for example um when the original halloween movie came out it was presented as the shape and there wasn't really a story behind michael myers you know there he wasn't necessarily uh, jamie lee curtis's brother and uh you didn't know why he was murdering the babysitters he was just going house to house and killing mm-hmm. and and then like they come out with sequels and they develop this backstory more and then they come out with 
remakes and they have this established uh, white trash family abusive like this is why he kills and I think when you go deeper into stuff like that you just you really show like humanize a monster and it's less scary maybe yeah um with like with these birds like if there was this long drawn out scene where scientists were explaining it it's like I, I it takes away the scariness of for me like yeah. it's like okay it's not scary anymore they explained it we know how to stop it like so that's just my opinion but i like i said i think he did really well with building the suspense throughout the movie i liked that it, it wasn't just starting out with birds attacking like mm-hmm. within the first 30 minutes of the movie um they really built up like i t- like already talked about they really built up the atmosphere of the the town and like the uh relationship with uh both uh, melanie and, and mitch mm-hmm. and uh yeah i i highly enjoy it um I wouldn't say it's my favorite Hitchcock movie necessarily, but it's up there, like within my, it's in my top two. Like it's the only one I've ever seen. You've seen Psycho. Mm-mm. Oh, I thought you and Rachel watched it in Michigan when you guys were. That was. Oh, maybe I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I think you did, but, um, I mean, I'll probably show you some more eventually. I don't want to do like the same director back to back, but mm-hmm. I have a couple that are on my list that I could show you of his um, that I like. I'd say I'd say The Birds is in my top three at least from him and we um, like to jump around eras and stuff yeah i like to jump around eras genres and uh and uh just keep it i don't know interesting this is your is this the first of your favorite genre suspense what's your favorite genre right my favorite genre is like well it's hard because like thriller. i don't suspense kind of fits in with thriller and horror like thriller horror suspense like a lot of those genres can like they can kind of like intertwine and it's like it's really there's gray area but i don't know like i feel like the birds is a horror movie but i also feel like if you want to throw it in suspense or thriller like that Mm -hmm. works as well um it's it's just i don't know yeah it's not my favorite horror movie that's for sure but it's i mean i it's definitely one that i really love and and would like to revisit often um do you think if it came out today that they'd make a sequel, Birds 2? Well, it, yes, I do, but they were supposed to make a bird sequel to this one, even. Oh, were they? Um, but it just, it, I don't think production-wise it worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I'd have to do more, delve deeper into it, but I don't know if Tippy was to return or not. Um, they did, however, there's this god-awful, if you want to call it a movie, It's it to me it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um it's called Birdemic, and that is, so the, this guy, the director, I believe he's from Korea, he, like, really loves the birds, and he wanted to make his version of the birds, and it is the worst movie I've ever seen, like, it's so bad, like, Birdemic. it's the worst acting you'll see, and, like, the, when the birds attack, it's literally, like, a 2D screensaver on, like, an old computer, oh. and they, like, it's uh i'll have to show you a youtube clip of them fighting the birds with coat hangers it's hilarious it is so bad but he so he like he would he kept like playing clips of the actual movie the birds like on tvs in the background and like he had this really um confusing plot line with like global warming and why the birds were attacking and like it's just it's 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 laughable it's so bad um but i think you'd enjoy it just because it's so bad (laughs) <laughs> and it's great and that movie even got a sequel and I, and i'm just like too. yeah i'm just like oh god i think it's called i think it's actually called shock and terror colon birdemic but everyone refers to it as birdemic but that dude like 
And, like, I've actually listened to an interview with the actress in that movie, and she, she talks about the director, and he just seems like he's a character, like, and he's creepy, too. Like, he wanted her to do, like, all these creepy nude scenes, and she's like, no, I'm okay. And, like, he, when she first went to her audition, he wanted her to meet in this, like, creepy, like, abandoned parking lot. And she's like, I'd prefer to meet in public. And it's just, like, it's funny, though. It's just ridiculous. And she talks about how it, like, ruined her career, and she didn't know when she went into it. It's pretty bad, but, yeah. I guess that's, like, a, a very weird and strange, unofficial birds too. distant relative sequel <laughs> it's the only killer bird movie that i know of besides the birds but... it only takes one killer bird movie for me to dislike birds distrust them in general <laughs> i don't like birds i'm freaked out <laughs> when i'm mowing the grass and they start circling me i'm done <laughs> it's, it's too realistic because they're everywhere yeah i and i always hate when i'm on a boat and like there's like a gull like following behind i'm like go away i don't want you <laughs> so yeah, um, I don't know how your thoughts on the movie, but I would recommend checking it out if you haven't seen it. Yeah, you I liked like it. it. Yeah, I definitely like it. Good. So, why don't we, uh, I think we, we might have missed on the last episode talking about new additions to our collections. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you, uh, I can start off if you want. Go ahead, yeah. So, I did recently get a, the Criterion Collection put out a Bruce Lee box set, um, and I got that, like, it, they have a sale going on currently, and I got that, like, right away because it was it was actually releasing in July, and that's when their sale is. Um, it's got... It features all the movies that he was a part of. Um, so it has his first movie, uh, The Big Boss, second one, Fists of Fury. Um, and then he's got the, the Way of the Dragon and Enter the Dragon, and then his unfinished movie, The Game of Death. I haven't seen all of them, so I'm actually watching through that box set currently, um, which maybe I'll feature one of those in the in the show eventually um but that was my that was my most recent like bigger purchase i would say um i'm a big fan of box sets i know they're releasing a uh so scream factory is another company that it's like a boutique title that puts out it's mostly horror movies they just announced for comic san diego comic-con some of their titles that are coming out the rest of the year and they're putting out this really nice friday the 13th box set mm. But it's $170, and that's just not personally in my budget, but it does look great. So if you're a fan of those movies, definitely check that out. It's a nice box set, but I, I already have the Blu-rays, and I just can't justify it in my own budget. It's um, not even 4K for that much no, money? I think, actually, I think a couple titles in it are. Oh, okay. But I still, mm-hmm. I it's fine. That, it's Friday the 13th. I don't need it in 4K. See if it goes on sale. Yeah, I mean, if it does, they, it's. I know it's limited to, like, I want to say 1,200 pieces total. Um, I don't know the exact number, but I'm like, I just can't pull the trigger. Like, I know... And then flip it online. There's, yeah, there's people on eBay already that have them listed for, like, $400, and I'm like, why even? No. Like, I'm just... I, I can't, but... I don't know. What about you? Um. Okay, well, I, I talked about on the, again, the 1999 Detroit episode about my vault subscription service it's a quarterly vinyl package that comes from third man records and that time i got the 20th anniversary for the white stripes first album and just recently i got the 20th anniversary for the white stripes second album oh nice so um that came with some demos a live performance booklet a dvd with a couple of their shows so it's pretty cool i've only listened to the 
the demo album so far, but I, I definitely love those which, packages. Which one's their second one? Destichel. Okay, okay. It's pretty good. And then I got a package of some metal albums. I don't have that many metal albums. I honest, honestly only have like one other metal album, which is Caius. But this one I just recently got is by the, this band called the Melvins, and it includes their album Lysol and Eggnog in a package. Um, it's, I think it's self-described as blob metal. Couldn't tell you all the sub-genres <laughs> of metal. Blob metal? I've never even heard of that. <laughs> but um, that's pretty cool. I haven't even opened it yet, but I'm going to get around to that. And uh, this is it. Then I got a couple other ones from... Um, I got a couple other ones online. I I've, haven't I've been shopping in stores still, but uh, eventually I'll, I'll get in and start looking around. When is uh, Record Store Day? Record Store Day is late August. Oh, so it's coming up. Right, yeah. Okay, cool. I got a couple uh, ones that I'm excited about. I think I talked about getting Cherry Bomb by Tyler, the yeah. Creator. And you might help me get that uh, Air um, Virgin Suicide. Mm-hmm. Yep, that'll be cool. I mean, if I can go, I'll go with you, but if not, I'd, pay, I'd give you money to pick it up for me. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I hope it doesn't get canceled or anything, because it's still supposed to be in person. But I think if we I'm sure social distance and wear masks, I was gonna say, uh, they, if, they should be able to do that. If they make, like, special marks and stuff outside the store and, and require masks. Mm -hmm. Or, it would be kind of nice, when people go to record store day like that, do they typically, people go in knowing what they want? Yeah, it's kind of like you have to walk in a line, and it takes forever. Is it like Free Comic Book Day, where you you know you walk in like through a line, and then you can say, "I want this and this." And yeah, I I have to get there. I'm probably gonna have to get there like an hour and a half before okay. they open. I wonder if they could like give you a while you're in line, if they could give you a slip, and you can like mark what you're going there for, and then yeah. like hand it to them, and then when you get to the counter, they can give you your stuff. And that would be nice. Yeah. Like that's really organized, but who knows? I'm it's sure not, some are. It's not that well organized. I was going to say, we'll some people probably would be, and some probably won't. It just depends on the store owner. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to that. Do they limit, when you go, do they limit, um, like, what you can get so people don't, like, uh, scalp stuff? Yeah, there's a limit on how many of a certain title you okay, can get. Okay, cool. I was going to say. Cause some like, people get, like, one of every title. It's, I don't have that kind of money, but, yeah. Well, no. <laughs> and I wouldn't even want everything, because there's stuff that you probably don't even like. No. And there's only, like, three year. they're kind of split up into three different days this year. So there's, like, two days I'll go. That should... I feel like it should go as planned. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not like Comic-Con where, like, you're... There's, like, thousands of people mushed into one room, and mm -hmm. and that's just nuts, but... I hope... And there's so many record stores that they can spread it out. I hope they get it in there for you. Yeah. So then you can have some little small piece of normalcy. Yeah. And get your exclu... If not, do you... If they, if they don't do it, will they sell online then? Yeah, it would be near... It would probably be near impossible for me to get what I want if they do okay. go online. Well, let's hope see. they don't, because yeah. I want you to get what you need. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, uh, hopefully we can keep on doing the additions to our collections and the other episodes. Yeah. So, that's all I had. I don't know if you had anything else to say. Or... Uh, I don't think we have an idea of what we're doing next week, but we'll see. Do you want to start uh, giving heads up so that people can... Well, we haven't even thought of it. Yeah, I know, I know. I just so. meant, if that's something, if you want to do that in the future, Last we time can... we kind of teased it a little bit. We did talk about Funhouse, I think, but I didn't have the birds picked out yet. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll figure it out. Until next time on Media Swap. Yeah, next Monday, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>